Hello, and we're back with episode eight of RNF Unlocked podcast series. It's the Austrian GP and a special GP weekend for the Crypto Data RNF MotoGP team. My colleague Adam Wheeler is here with me, Neil Morrison, and we're really delighted to say today we're joined by Avidio Toma, the CEO of Crypto Data, and together we'll talk about the world of MotoGP and unlocking the buzz, some rumors that are doing the rounds in the paddock since the break. So welcome, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello, Neil. Hello, Adam. Uh, thanks very much, actually, for inviting me. I am happy to host uh, this podcast, so uh, really looking forward to, to shoot me with the questions. It's a big weekend. Um, is this the first uh, MotoGP weekend you've had this year, or have you been to previous races? Actually, I've been to all of them. Apart from Argentina, I've been to all the uh, MotoGP races. Uh, on one side, because uh, motorcycling and motorsport is a passion for, for me, as well it's a business, as well it's an extension arm for our main business, so uh, I love to go to MotoGP and I have to go to MotoGP. We're obviously going to talk a little bit about um, your role in the team and crypto data and their role in MotoGP, uh, but first of all, I think we should start at Silverstone, the last race that we had probably the best race of the season for the RNF team. Two bikes inside the top 10, Miguel Oliveira fighting for the victory at one point. It was uh, quite stunning to see. It was indeed an amazing weekend. It was a weekend actually as we expected from the very beginning of the season because we, are, we know we have two valuable riders. Unfortunately, they've been involved in different incidents. Uh, Miguel had the incidents, the crashing incidents, and uh, Raul had the arm pump, so he, had, uh, he needed to take a surgery. So none of them had the opportunity to show the real value. And I would say Silverstone probably is the first race. Both of them were at probably 100% of their capacity, and they were able to show their value, especially it's been a, a race mostly in half wet. It was a mixture of wet and, uh, and dry which is actually the speciality of uh, Miguel. As we all know, Miguel is very, very uh, happy and comfortable to ride in a, in a wet race. So I would say uh, Silverstone is a race as we expected to have more of them this season. Unfortunately, due to the incidents we haven't had yet, but uh, I'm looking forward for having at least as good as Silverstone this, uh, this remaining part of the season, because actually today I think is the, exactly the middle of the season, exactly the 10th race. So yes, it's half the, half the season. Absolutely. I mean, we want to talk about crypto data and how you got involved with the team and stuff, but I mean, you say you're, you're passionate for motorsports. Why, why get involved in MotoGP? I mean, is it your title sponsor of a Grand Prix or also a partner of this particular team? But I mean, why, for example, not cars or Speedway? Or what is it about this series that drew you in? So actually, the story is uh, funny and interesting at the same time. So crypto data, first of all, does cryptography, not cryptocurrencies. So we do technology and cybersecurity and IT, hardware, software, operating system, and so on. So actually, we are technicians, engineers. Uh, of course, to be a successful business, to, ex to, to be successfully in your business, you have to actually create products, develop technology, develop quality technology. But of course, on the other hand, you need to consider a communication channel. You need to consider how do you reach on the user's table in the end of the day. On the other hand, uh, both me and Bogdan, uh, my business partner in Crypto Data, where uh, we have a background in amateur racing. I've been a mid-pro cars racing in Romania and some small European championships. Bogdan was a mid-pro uh, motorbike uh, racer in Romania. So both of us are passionate by motorsport. We both collect cars and bikes. So definitely uh, it's a hobby for us. So then once we got a chance to put together the hobby and the business, 
and to consider actually expanding the business towards something we consider a hobby, which is motorsport. It's been an interesting, it's been a challenging uh, idea. And first, first we visited the MotoGP paddock. Uh, not the MotoGP as a spectator, because we've been, of course, we attended uh, X many races before. But I first entered in the MotoGP paddock last year in, I guess, uh, Barcelona. That was the first time. That was the first time. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing and a challenging uh, weekend. Uh, actually, at the time, we were uh, somehow confused. We wanted to go to Formula One. We went to Formula One and we understood Formula One is not for us. Uh, it's a different world, it's a different hat. Uh, and first of all, and maybe the most important, just because in MotoGP we felt like we're meeting friends and we're uh, warmly welcomed with big arms, while in Formula One we felt it's actually a sober business. Uh, and of course, for us it had to be hobby and business at the same time. Something sober near something sober cannot work. While you have a sober business, you can go to something which you feel more cozy. And our first meeting in the MotoGP paddock was very interesting. Uh, we came here for an idea of a project, then uh, we understood the power of MotoGP, we understood the uh, power of uh, uh, marketing through MotoGP. And we probably were, I would say, I don't know if, uh, for sure, but I would say we're probably the fastest signing titles partner of MotoGP in the last few years. Because from the moment we met, Dorna, it took us probably under 10 days to sign the deal and get the Austrian Grand Prix title sponsor. So uh, we considered um, MotoGP is the right way. Uh, the audience is amazing and the audience has a huge retaining uh, percentage compared to some other motorsports where the fans are, somehow I would say in other sports, the fans are in a transit. They come and go and they come and go. The retention rate is not that high considering uh, MotoGP has a very, very high retention rate. That's actually what we wanted. So we said, okay, exactly this is our motto in crypto data. What could possibly go wrong? Let's try. After the Austrian Grand Prix in uh, 2022, we really understood what MotoGP means in terms of brand awareness, reputation, B2B, uh, all together joined with a hobby. So definitely we decided we want to continue at the time, we didn't know exactly the direction we want to continue. We had a title sponsor for the next three years, so 22 to 24. But of course, we wanted more because we understood uh, that's the right way, that that's the right direction for expanding. So uh, it took us two more races to come around in the paddock and to meet amazing Razlan. And we had the same vibe. Razlan is uh, on the same vibe like we are. He's young. He has a young mindset. He has... Um, He's one of those guys vibing with us. Because definitely when you meet somebody, you have a vibe or you don't have a vibe. So that's how we, uh, we arrived in the paddock as a title sponsor. So here we are today as a shareholder of CryptoLita RNF MotoGP team. Uh, sorry, Neil, to talk so much. But you know that's something I, maybe people don't realize is the connection between a company and a sport or a team or a participant of the sport is essentially what makes the deal happen, isn't it? Because of course you have numbers and the benefits, but then it is very much about the, the human relationship. Definitely for us, uh, that works. For us, definitely it's mo the most important part of taking a direction, deciding towards the direction is the chemistry, is the vibe with the persons you're working with. We are a young team, we're a young co company coming from Romania. So we're not that kind of a sober corporation to assess 
over boards and boards and boards and boards. It's all about, do we decide we go to this direction? Do we vibe with these people? Do we consider it is a business, hobby, motorsport, reputation, awareness, opportunity? Yes. Okay, let's take it. So that is, uh, in our opinion, what makes us different. Uh, in our company, if we consider tomorrow we want to start a project, we assess, we take a decision on a fast forward, and then we start working on it. So I consider that an advantage at our level. Of course, while you are a corporate with 25,000 employees, that would be complicated. But when you are a company with 300, 350 employees, it's a slightly easier decision to take. And I can proudly say 110% were happy to have taken this decision to come in MotoGP, to become a sponsor, and later to become a team owner. And of course, to consider running the business, improving the motorsport, improving the business of MotoGP. Because of course, MotoGP is on one side the motorsport spirit. So as I like to say it, what's in the paddock is the business side. What's behind the, what's after the pit lane, that's the sport side, the motorsport side. Definitely you have to join them together. One without the other will not work. The motorsport side, definitely we found here an amazing team. We found an aggregated team already. And we came with a new mindset and a new approach of how to develop and how to grow this team. And that is actually our challenge right now, to grow this team, apart from being actually a part of our main business, but we consider it as a separate business to be grown using different techniques and using more modern techniques or new, a new era techniques, such as AI and analysis of data, such as technology innovation, such as different ways of communicating with the others, such uh, different ways of communicating with the, with the fans, with the public, with uh, the spectators. So we consider we can have and we have a different approach and that can be successful. Are these uh, techniques things that you are implementing currently? Are you plan to implement in the, the near future? Yes, uh, we, have a, um, we have a plan. When we came here, we came with a business plan, uh, considering long, mid, short, mid and long term. Definitely we started implementing our plan of, from communicating, marketing, uh, exposure, technology, involved in everything. And definitely each, uh, each step of implementing a new uh, business model takes time. That's why you have to take it step by step to under, better understand the business because of course you don't, I cannot claim we came to the paddock and we know motorsport. Definitely we don't know this level of motorsport, which is the highest. We know that level of motorsport we are used to, but definitely we know business. So first you have to analyze, understand, and then try to implement the, uh, on the way, on the go. And this is what we consider for the 2023 season, 2024 seasons, we consider them to be tra uh, a transition seasons. And definitely we want to innovate, to implement, to grow, to master, and later why not to fight for the podiums. I think what Raslan was talking about last year, the way that you came in to be shareholders and partners of the team was a very different deal. I mean, it may have been easy for you to come in and say, right, we'll put our logo on the Ducati and the world championship bike and we have that kind of exposure. But here, like you say, you have more mobility, you have more possibilities with a satellite MotoGP team to do something kind of different because there is a, a slightly different atmosphere around this particular setup compared to some of the other teams in the paddock. Definitely we understood from our very early stages of our business that marketing is not only throwing a name on a fence. A name on a fence will not make a difference as I like to say it. 
That's the saying in our uh, language, actually. So without actually properly activating, without properly constructing a strategy, just placing a name on a race car, on a race bike, or on a fence, or on a highway, will not make a difference. So you have to come with different strategies, smart strategies to engage, to engage towards press, media, fans, social media, paddock, business partners, B2B, B2C, and so on. So definitely it's a lot more than uh, placing a name on a bike. It's a lot more, and we consider, with the strategy we have by now, we consider we have a lot more success than expected in terms of uh, awareness, reputation, fans, uh, numbers in the media, media value in the end of the day because it all resumes to media value. So uh, we came here being somehow very optimistic, but at the same time realistic in numbers and figures. And by now, after 10 races, we can consider and we can proudly say we exceeded our expectations. Or MotoGP, actually, as a sport, the paddock as a sport, exceeded our expectations in terms of numbers and techniques to grow and market the team. And of course, performing at the end of the day. As a motorsport fan, as you said you are, you have been for most of your life. Coming into a MotoGP team, how has that been seeing everything from the inside, seeing how everything works whenever you were, as you said, quite new to the sport, Barcelona last year being your first race? It is funny because actually when I first uh, got to meet the team, I told them, guys, I'm Ovidio, I'm the CEO of Crypto We created technology, we filed patents, we launched satellites, we created electrical vehicles and everything, but we are a disaster in motorsport because we don't have your experience. So this is the disclaimer we started with. When we met the team, we told them, guys, we know business, we understand business. Definitely we're humble in front of you because you created a MotoGP team, you have the external motorsport experience, Let's join them somehow. Uh, let us learn and understand how the motorsport side of this team works. Because a team is a business. The motorsport side is something you learn in ages. The business is something you learn in as well, ages. So uh, we, all the, we never claimed we can perform in the motorsport better than the people we found in the paddock and the people we found in the team. But uh, having this, this disclaimer said, it was a lot easier. It was a lot easier for everybody because we surrendered. We said, we are not skilled in brakes, in engines, in combustions, in spark plugs and so on, at all. That's why we're here. And that's why probably we just play the role of a shareholder and a direction, uh, the, the, the one who gives the direction to the team. Definitely Razlan is a lot more skilled in running this team than we are. So definitely Razlan is and will be the team principal because of thanks to his skills, Thanks to his uh, positive vibe, thanks to his uh, uh, background and experience. And having said that, considering you have a big stake in the team, is it sometimes tempting to talk of Raslan and say, we want, we want to grow more in the United States, you know, can we get an American rider? You know, is there a way to influence the team or use it more for business interests? Definitely there is. Definitely there is a way and definitely we all the time, uh, even though we're, we have a majority stake in, uh, in the team. Uh, for us, it's a matter of let's talk, let's understand what is the pluses and the minuses for each decision we might or we should take. And it's never about voting in percentage. It's about what's your experience, how do you see it, how do we see it, and let's find which one is better to, to take, a, I mean, which direction is, uh, is, is better. Definitely, a, um, uh, Definitely when approaching uh, or when considering expanding or growing the team, the MotoGP team, you have to consider approaching new markets. 
uh, that is one of the main points or the key points in our agenda, in our short, mid and long term um, implementation to approach new markets. How do you do that? You need sponsors from different markets. You need to... Uh, you need to communicate with different markets. Later, of course, at the point in time, you need suppliers from those markets. You need uh, riders from those markets. Because indeed, it might be a cliche to have so many Spanish and Italian riders, but not so many riders from some other countries, from Asia, from the, uh, South America, North America, from Africa, for example. So definitely, we consider the, we, we should improve. We all should improve on the long run to better to better spread the word, to better spread the reputation of MotoGP, to better uh, to grow in numbers on those continents where MotoGP is not exactly present right now. I mean, the African continent and the American continent. How do you do that? That's a complex strategy. Definitely, it's not something, okay, tomorrow I buy ladders from America and I'll have American market. Tomorrow I'll get an American rider and I have American market. No, it's a joint or it's a mixture of uh, decisions to take and directions to take. So it's a bit more complicated than just saying, let's have a race in South Africa, let's have a race in Brazil. More things will obviously be involved and grow in, in those markets. Definitely something like that counts and it matters. Of course, starting a race in Brazil, for example, definitely will get traction from Brazil. But it's, a, it's exactly as I said earlier, it's for nothing to put the name on offense unless you activate. So okay, you start a race in Brazil, but then you have to come with a strategy. How do you engage the B2B environment? How do you engage the population? How do you retain the fans? Because as we know, okay, you go and you have a race in another country and later you're not present in that county, what happens? Do you, have a uh, do you retain the fan base? Definitely you don't. And we can see that from the experience of uh, Formula One in India. They've been there for three years. They're not there for the past four or five years. Sorry if I'm wrong uh, with the numbers, but definitely the numbers of Formula One drastically or dramatically decreased in India because they're not present. So it's not only about having the race, that also counts in, in the end of the day, but the entire strategy and the strategy, direction, vision, um, courage to try techniques, to try the, uh, different approaches because each country, each geolocation has a different culture, which you need to, under to better understand and we need to, or you need to understand to better perform and to better serve the audience with the desired product. As one of the new big companies in the paddock bringing their business interests here, tell us one thing that you like about MotoGP and one thing that you look at this series and think, well, that needs to be improved. Definitely, and I can proudly say, I love MotoGP because, or thanks to the fan base. The fan base is very united, is uh, very well retained. It's um, actually, I would say the fan base of MotoGP is very compact. Okay, maybe we don't have those numbers Formula One has. Yes, maybe we have 45%, 50% of what Formula One has. But they don't have a retention like we do. Uh, they, don't, they don't have uh, those... Uh, I will give you an example. If you go to assess the fans in some other sport, you'll see most of them are there for status, for parties, for uh, taking social media photos and so on. Will they come back to the next race? Definitely not. Maybe they come next year for a race. I would say those fans are there in a transit. While in MotoGP, definitely, if we look at the fan base, they are here to return. Maybe we have over 10% of the fans who join three, four, five, six races a year. And that is actually what we call a retention rate of the fan base. So I like it because it's very compact and you have a very, very solid ground to increase and to, to grow. Because in the end of the day, motorsport should grow. 
in terms of fans and of course in terms of uh, the sport itself. What uh, I wouldn't say there's something I don't like, but uh, what should be improved in my opinion is definitely this um, new approach of new markets. Definitely it should start from somewhere. Definitely MotoGP is very, very stable where it is right now, but definitely should have a long-term strategy of how to approach new markets, both for the championship reputation, for the championship uh, fan base, as well for the teams. Imagine uh, while we open a new market, for example, in, uh, in Brazil. It's, I don't know what I have to do with Brazil, but let's <laughs> say we open a new market in Brazil. Then you have a new B2B platform in Brazil. You have so many corporates in Brazil. They can get involved as sponsors, as suppliers, as talent uh, scouters, as uh, training academies and so on. Let's take America, USA. USA is the largest economy. They have so many corporates that can get involved, that will need marketing, reputation, brand awareness. So those packages offered by the sponsorships of the team. So it's not only about growing the fan base of the sport itself, but it's actually offering the opportunity of the teams to better perform. Because better, a better finance team is a better performing team indeed. And in the end of the day, it's all about if you find easier ways to finance and if you have in excess capital, definitely you can perform better. You can get a better rider, you can get better parts, you can spend a lot more money in R&D for the parts. So it's all, it's a circle, but it's a, it's a defined circle. That's the beauty. In MotoGP, it's a defined circle that we all understand, and definitely we understand the management of Dorna is very, very open-minded and is looking forward to, towards this direction of increasing console, because consolidation is already there. We, MotoGP is consolidated, we just need to increase. While I would proudly say Formula One has huge numbers, but I wouldn't say it's consolidated at all, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Just to look um, at issues with this team, obviously it's a new era in terms of the machinery that they're using. How would you assess uh, the role of Aprilia with RNF and are you, are you content, are you satisfied with the interaction between the factory and uh, the team? We're very happy. Um, in, as a disclaimer, I have nothing else to compare with. So I don't have that experience of the previous years to compare what was the relationship before with the supplier and what is the relationship now. But uh, we have a very good relationship, both with the management of Aprilia, as well with the technicians, the engineers, the race support. Uh, even now, we, uh, the, uh, Aprilia allocated two new more engineers to support our race, and um, Wilco, Wilco's feedback is, yes, it's a lot better to have two new engineers on our side. So I would say the relationship is as we thought it should be. I have no other way to compare, but from uh, what I heard, from the team, from Aslan, from the experience they had in the past, it's a lot better than it used to be. And maybe, as a joke or not, maybe one of the key points is our supplier speaks in English. The previous supplier, as far as I know, they couldn't speak that good English and the communication gap was also a big issue. Even though sometimes it sounds hilarious, but having a communication gap with the engineers and the suppliers, business partners in the end, might be an issue at this level because we have to perform at that level, optimizing 1% of something means success or loss. So at this level, there's no place of not understanding proper English even. Yeah. Video, just uh, one or two short questions uh, before we finish up. You mentioned that you raced earlier. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What level and uh, what discipline exactly it was that you were doing? Uh, when I was very, very young, I used to race uh, karts in Romania, in the national championship, KF3, KZ2. 
Uh, I was somehow successful or not. I was average. I could say I was uh, average. Later, I started the Romanian Hill Club Championship, but that is also mid-pro or amateur, mid-something there, because everybody, as long as you have a racing license, which you can get after one year of training, you can get a racing license. You're not a professional. You're, a, you're an amateur with intentions to go somewhere. So I've been uh, racing in the Romanian Hill Club Championship, and I still race uh, X many tracks, track days whenever I find a track day with friends or organized by... XYZ groups of uh, small or groups or small championships. Uh, I go there privately financed. I never search for sponsors. I never do that that way. I never do that approach. Uh, why? Because I'm a businessman. As a businessman, I cannot have a fixed program to go and race in a championship. Not now. Not 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I could. But today, I want to go and race whenever I have the time to go and race. I want to be flexible and race for my adrenaline and that's it. So yes, I, I still race cars. A lot of fast cars. I have a collection of uh, racing cars. And I race them wherever I find an opportunity in Europe or in some other countries. you have a favorite track? Definitely I do. Hungaroring is one of the nicest tracks I ran, I uh, raced on. Yas Marina and Dubai uh, Autodrome. These three, in my opinion, are the best track. Why? Because amateur, being an amateur, you don't uh, want to take those risks of smashing or of this and that. So these tracks are permissive for an amateur to race, to consume the adrenaline without dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of tracks, we're recording this near the, the Red Bull ring. Uh, the weather's a bit unstable at the moment, but uh, why, why this particular track for you, this, this event, you know, in terms of title sponsorship? It's a mixture of uh, factors that um, we considered uh, while signing to uh, with Dorna for uh, a Red Bull Ring. First of all, uh, thanks to the fact that I, I saw this track and I raced on this track on a few track days when it was called A1 Ring, long before it wasn't, even the asphalt is different right now, even the buildings are different, but this is maybe one of the first tracks I used to race my M5 when I was young, so I'm somehow spiritually connected to this track. Secondly, because it's very close to our home country. Thirdly, because it's a very, very modern track. It is a very modern track with a very, very high capacity and is very, very nice as a landscape, very nice as a layout of a track. Uh, maybe one of the reasons is also because at the point we came and thanks uh, to Dorna we signed in 10 days, so we haven't got so many options to choose out, out of. So we had three, four, five options and definitely we got to choose this one because we knew the track is close to home, the landscape is beautiful, they have a lot of... Uh, uh, tribunes for the spectators, so it's one of the highest uh, in numbers. And definitely we vibe with the uh, Austrian-German culture. Uh, we grew up in Europe, uh, our friends studied in Austria, we studied and we had business partners from Austria, so we are somehow connected to this country. And uh, yes, I am proud we got to choose this track. Uh, if I would have to take the, the decision again, I would choose again Red Bull Ring to be our title. And just finally, a video. Um, we're recording this on the Friday of the uh, the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, Aprilia's look pretty good today. Is there a chance we could see a bike with crypto data on the side of it, uh, maybe on the podium at the Crypto Data Grand Prix of Austria, or is that uh, is that a bit fanciful at the moment? Definitely, the answer by the book, the answer is yes. Of course, we want to be on the podium. Uh, the reality is, it's a very hard track. Um, it's a track where Aprilia, where Aprilia performs, but uh, I feel it's very hard to beat eight Ducatis. 
definitely we have the hope, definitely we have the chance. Uh, both Miguel and Raul are experienced riders, especially Miguel proved to be a very experienced rider under pressure because that's also a factor, uh, the pressure factor, the stress factor. But again, we fight eight Ducatis, eight strong Ducatis performing very well on this track. So um, I consider if there's uh, rain in a Sunday, we might have a better chance than on dry. Definitely Aprilia proved the technology, the electronics in Aprilia proved reliability and uh, performance in rain. And I would say sometimes with my amateur eye, sometimes uh, I felt Aprilia's performed better in rain than Ducati's. So uh, definitely we should, and also a rain chance is slightly possible because we're between the mountains in three up, 700 meters altitude. So I think it's possible. So we have a chance for the podium. We'd love to have a podium. That would be my dream to offer the trophy to our rider uh, because indeed uh, both me and Bogdan will offer the trophies for uh, the podium on Sunday. Uh, but uh, it is what it is and uh, we're happy to take points. We're happy to have our riders safe. We're happy to collect data and we're happy to actually we're happy to get coverage in the media, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because Sunday we have a special livery. Only for this Sunday, only for this race, we have a special livery. And it's completely out of the box. Uh, as you've just seen, we're young and we're uh, not the, that kind of uh, idealists or that kind of old-fashioned guys. We're newly fashioned, new age. So we considered uh, something that nobody ever would have considered. Uh, out of the box, and you will see on Sunday, but it's something in trend. I can only say, I know you will, uh, will publish the podcast on Saturday. Uh, it's something in trend in the last two weeks on Instagram. That's the only hint I can give you. <laughs> I'm thinking pink for the Barbie movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll Can't see. give anything away. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, Avidio, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the, the latest edition of the RNF Unlocked show. Um, great insight from Crypto Data and the RNF MotoGP team. Thank you very much, dear listener, for sticking around and listening to this episode. Uh, next episode, we'll be joined by two special guests from the team taking us behind the scenes once again of MotoGP. So please like and comment on a topic you'd like to hear next. And until then, we'll see you in Catalonia. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Adam. And hope to see you soon. <laughs>